0: In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.
1: Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 1 of the High Ground News on the Ground podcast, powered by the Daily Memphian. We are community-based journalists working with residents in Memphis neighborhoods to uncover what is moving the city forward. I'm Cole Bradley, Managing Editor of High Ground. Uh, It is the new year. It is a new neighborhood for us. We are moving into North Memphis. We're very excited. Typically, we only spend three months in a neighborhood. We're going to spend six months covering uh, sort of a zone of North Memphis and all of the smaller neighborhoods within that. We're very excited. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, But in addition to a new year, it is a one-year anniversary celebration for us, for our High Ground News podcast. Hello, Yay! Yay. One year we've been doing this. Uh, And so today, our guests are Emily Trenum, our community engagement manager, as well as our publisher. Hey,
2: Emily. Hey there.
1: Um, You might recognize Emily's voice as the other typical host on our podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. And then today we also have a very special guest. We are very excited to have Natalie Van Gundy on. Natalie is our podcast producer. She is the podcast producer for The Daily And Hi, Natalie.
0: Hi. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for being here and also for making us sound wonderful every week. We can't do what you do and we're so appreciative.
2: It's probably too late to be getting into confessions, but I will say that one of the things I like to do in the podcast is see if I can make Natalie crack up because She's not usually on a microphone, and I can just tell by I say something funny, she's got her face all scrunched up.
1: You know what's really funny is she just did it. She's so used to blocking her own laughter, she's currently doing that right now, blocking her own laughter because she's so accustomed to it. It's That's hilarious. a healthy habit I've developed being back here behind the screen. That's great. That's great. So we just wanted to uh, take some time to talk about our podcast this week uh, and talk about sort of the progresses that we've made. What are some of our favorite moments, Are what we think are some of our most impactful podcasts. And then also we want to grill Natalie on the magic, uh, the sort of man-behind-the-curtain magic uh, for exactly how this works. We'll keep it short so as to avoid uh, nasal gazing, as Emily says. But it is a big day. It's a big celebration. We stepped into this with... Um, Navel gazing. That's right. I, I corrected myself. Um, but you know... We stepped into this not really knowing how to do a podcast or how it would turn out or really even what we would do. We just got this opportunity uh, with the Daily Memphian to uh, to host our podcast on their platforms, and we took it without really knowing what we were getting into. But a year later, I really think we've done we've done a great job.
2: Totally, I think so too. It's been a great experience. We appreciate the Daily Memphian hosting us and just been. We have a, when we go into a neighborhood, I really feel like we, the multimedia approach, we publish articles online, we produce video, we do photo essays, we heavily use social media, including video on Facebook, and um, we do special events. And the podcast was just really, now it's part of that whole package that we bring to elevating stories in a neighborhood. So that's been one of the greatest parts of it.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, one of our goals from the beginning uh, was to, one of our only goals from the beginning was to take sort of the stories that we would cover in print and the bits that we couldn't cover because of story length and attention spans and to blow those out on the podcast and to have a chance to go in those deeper conversations and really get that that true voice of the people who are quoted in the stories and who participate in our stories, you know, they can speak for themselves. And this has really allowed them to do that. I agree with you. It's been a great element of this.
0: I also think that because y'all are doing this from a multimedia standpoint, you're meeting a lot of your readers where they're at. Maybe someone wants to hear about a story or see a video about it rather than read about it. So you're giving them all of these options. And I think that's wonderful.
1: Yeah. You know, we... We try to be um, at least cognizant and be thinking about people who don't necessarily have the same accesses as everyone else. And, you know, we talk all the time about how do we get our stories from a digital publication, how do we get that with print partners so that these things get into the neighborhood, into the hands of people who may not have Wi-Fi or have regular computer access. And so with the podcast, I've, I've thought that a nice um, – a nice sort of element is that folks in the city who have low literacy rates um, or maybe have vision impairment, things like that, that this is another chance for them to access stories like the videos uh, and things like that. So, you know, it just brings more potential audience for a variety of reasons. Absolutely. I agree. So I want to – before we kind of touch on some of our favorites, I want to ask you, Natalie, what is a podcast and how does this work?
0: (laughs) So – when people come in here
1: and they're they're nervous about
0: recording a podcast, um, for the most part, I just say, it's just a recorded conversation that you're having with whoever's the host. And we're going to put it out there and people can download it wherever they get their podcasts and listen to it at their leisure, um, skip through the parts maybe they don't want to hear or spend more time on the ones that they want to listen to again and kind of analyze what was said. Um, and that's a podcast. But, uh, yeah, people do get nervous coming in here when they don't know what it is or sometimes they think it's some form of television or it's going to go on the radio or everyone's biggest fear is they come in here and go, is this live? No, it's not live. Yes.
1: I think – does that happen more with our podcast? I feel like we have more people who come in who do not know what a podcast is because we have a lot of just regular neighborhood folks.
0: I think that's true. Um, But I think that's also what makes your channel so great is – the diversity and the regular folks who maybe have never been on a podcast, maybe don't listen, maybe coming on has inspired them to either listen to your podcast or others and get information that way.
1: Yeah. So how exactly, without getting too technical, because I certainly can't understand, um, how does this work? So you record it and then where does it go from there? So what happens
0: is I Without getting too technical, which is kind of difficult for me. Mm-hmm. I'll record each of you individually, um, and y'all see me do this. I'll make notes of maybe things that happen that little mistakes or calls. Bloopers, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll make notes of where they are while we're recording, and then when y'all leave, I spend my time cleaning it up, making it the most presentable version of itself um, that I can. And um, I edit it, and I use Adobe Premiere, Um, There's tons of other ways to edit podcasts, and then I post it so everybody can get it on whatever platform they use.
2: I'm always amazed by how fast you can get – you get it up. Yes. That's really very – it's just great.
0: Well it helps to have great hosts. who I hardly ever mess up.
2: <laughs> Man, I feel like I mess up a lot
1: more than Emily. I mess up the intro and the outro at least once a podcast.
0: Those are very easy things for me to fix though, you know. And something I will go ahead and say is I don't change the conversation. I never go in and take out context or or like I said, change what's important. Yeah. You just it's, tighten it up. Yeah. Little um Flubs here and there, pauses where someone really needs to be thoughtful about what they're going to say, cough, stuff like that. Um, I would never change, you know, what's Important to to what's happening
1: in that yeah. episode. I will um, agree with Emily. You are so speedy about this, and so for folks who don't know, we record on Fridays, and oftentimes Natalie will have this up on the Daily Memphians uh, channel where they host us uh, on Friday, which is just crazy. And, you know, we do our podcast on Sunday. So we release the podcast on Sunday, I should say. We have some podcast Sundays on our social media. So you often, almost always, have it up two days before we have it up.
0: Well, I try. And what's really key to that is my note taking. And I feel like such a nerd saying that. But like, you know, saying, oh, Emily we're, coughed at 2.15. We're nerds you too. Know? So. <laughs> so it's all because of the notes and a little admission here. I never really go back and listen to it in its entirety after I've edited it because if I trust my notes, which I do, it should be fine based on those cuts that I made from there. So that is how it's so speedy. Um,
1: Thank you for the compliments. That uh, that is, I think, the mark of a master podcast producer (laughs) is you don't even have to go and listen because you trust yourself. And we start out sounding great every time, like you're right, every time. We We trust you too. Is it a lazy
0: podcast producer (laughs) who's just gotten lucky?
1: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about our progress. And I know sort of my personal progresses and I've heard some of yours, Emily, but I'm curious about the perspective from you, Natalie, as, a, as the producer who's putting this up. You're looking at the numbers. You're looking at um, sort of reactions to it. I'm curious how we've progressed in the last year.
0: Well, um, it's funny. We were talking before we recorded, and I said to both of you that it's so interesting that I think that the first season of this podcast is so strong because I don't feel that way about all of the channels that we have. Um, so you really started off at a A great spot, great content. And really what I've seen in both of you, and I would say the same for Madeline if she were still here at High Ground, y'all got more and more thoughtful and intentional about the format, how you were gonna pose your questions into who, depending on the guest was, how you approached each topic, as some of them were a little more delicate than others. And it when you give it that attention. It can be a lot more captivating and really interesting for the listener who only listens. You know, they're not here like I am, getting to see all of this in person and see the engagement and how dynamic it is. They're just relying on the recording. So, y'all really, really impressed
1: me. Thank you. That's really complimentary. I really appreciate that. How about you, Emily? Do you what kind of progresses have you seen?
2: I feel like we've gotten. I definitely feel like we've gotten we've both gotten more comfortable on the podcast and it's been great to it's been great to hear people in the community that have heard it. A number of people have mentioned to me they've heard it. Well, they'll say oh, I was listening to your podcast while I was running, called you were you and and, and I were in a restaurant and someone recognized one of our voices and said, are you on the, are you on a podcast? Are you on the high ground podcast? Which was, um, which was great. And then we get feedback from people that are, uh, we just got a, a, some kind of feedback from Chris Collier who's involved with uh, Geisman park. He was on the podcast recently. I think he reached out to you and said that he had heard from people that had heard it and it was going to really help their work. And that's just incredibly gratifying. Very Such a
0: compliment so. to what you're doing, and it really makes a difference.
2: Yeah, very
1: much so. To know that it it really is having um, some tangible, real-world wor- difference being made. I mean, even if it's only Chris Collier, which I don't think it is, you know, we've heard differently, but still, it might not be every episode, but even one, that's... Really uh, amazing.
2: So the feedback from the community has been really good.
1: So have we gotten more popular, Natalie, like uh, with listeners? Yeah.
0: So from what I can see on my end, which is somewhat limited, but your engagement has grown over time and strong numbers. And that's great, you know, cause some podcasts will just stay kind of stagnant. They, they get the listeners that they get at the beginning because they like the host or they like the topic. And then that's all, but you've really grown. And I think because you have such an array of topics and you are appealing to all these different neighborhoods and some of your topics even can go outside of the city and other people are interested in what's being said. And I think that has a lot to do with how well you're doing.
1: So I took a, a quick inventory of the topics, some of the topics that we've covered. And it was looking back, it's the topics that we've prioritized in the rest of our coverage and publication and various different mediums uh, and things that we think are really important for the city and for neighborhoods. So we've done several on housing, Transportation justice, domestic violence, uh, representation in education and among education leaders. We've covered both refugees and immigrants in multiple podcasts. Um, What it means to have representation and agency within community building and doing that really hard work of making sure that uh, even the most disenfranchised voices who don't look or sound right get included. Uh, We've covered LGBT youth. We've done healthcare. I mean, it's. We've we've, done
2: several on arts and culture.
1: Arts and cultures, um, public spaces like parks. uh, We've done a lot, you know. Um, And I was kind of looking over some of the sort of important – some of the ones that I think turned out best or were most important. And I think you said this at the beginning, Natalie, too, that it was so hard to choose some favorites because you love so many of them. And I have the same problem. There's like – there's easily – seven or eight on this list that yeah. were favorite favorites.
0: I started to write them down and then I realized but at the fourth one, I was still in season one. I was like, my hand's going to cramp up if I keep <laughs> doing this. Like just, just know I like so many from every season and each season is a little different, you know, cause every season, I don't know if people realize this, hopefully they do cause they're listening, but each season represents your time focusing on a different neighborhood and you're on the ground yeah, coverage. That's right.
1: And that's the, Podcast topics might not relate to that neighborhood every week, but we try to ensure that at least a couple of them do represent that specific neighborhood within that season.
2: And we ground the episodes there. Yes. So we, people know where we are, and yes. what we're doing.
1: So I will say, um, oh, I'm curious, do either one of you have like an, a very favorite one you think is sort of most important or, um, I don't know, most, was the most fun for you to do Etc.
0: So one of the most important ones that I think you did is the modern day redlining. And that is such a complicated topic. And I think hard to translate into a podcast sometimes. And I felt like you nailed it. And that was one that I remember you and I, Cole, spent a lot of time on to make sure we got it right. I think we even came back in that Saturday to fine tune it and, we and republish it. And I'm still very proud of that product. And you should be even more proud because that's your brainchild that you put together with those guests. And, um, that's in my opinion, your most important one that you've done.
1: You know, And I, that was in season one. I agree. Uh, so that is the one that stands out to me the most in part because, the flow of it written really well. you know, the technical pieces the flow went really well. The guests were both passionate and committed to the conversation. They knew each other well. I knew both of them enough that we could have this conversation very dynamically uh, with a certain degree of comfort, which is important for a really tricky topic uh, and confidence in that topic. But then also, i I truly believe that, Housing is foundational to every other aspect of community and neighborhoods are, and the way that we built communities and neighborhoods is intrinsic to how we will solve the big problems that were created by those policies and and uh, practices that got us where we are. And so I do think the redlining one is the most important by far that I personally
2: hosted.
0: Emily, what about you?
2: I'm going to have to say that was one of my I th- one of my, I think my favorite is one that one of our first ones that Madeline did on the burgeoning art scene in Orange Mound. Yeah,
1: the collective starting.
2: That I sat in that on. That was my most entertaining one. That, <laughs> that I had was, on my list. I loved I loved that. Um you know the 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 red one and some of the housing ones are really near and dear to my heart. Um, because I, you know, worked in that arena. And the redlining story, the one um, that about homeownership in distressed neighborhoods um, with um, Steve Lockwood and Amy Schaffling for Night Housing, and then also one on... The Affordable Housing the Trust. The new Affordable Housing Trust Fund. Yeah. So those really... Um, and that's probably it reflects, like I said, some of my sort of bias and in particular interest, but those are ones that really... And there was, there's been a lot of, like, we did one recently about um, the expansion of Center for Transforming Communities. And not only did Justin Merrick sing <laughs> as part of the podcast, um, which was great. He has a beautiful voice. But also, we really dug into um, the local infrastructure for community organizing, community building, some threats to that. And so I felt like that was... Um, you know meaty but also had its light the, the best podcasts are ones that have sort of a balance of um of a deep dive but then also are enter- are entertaining because that's right. important yeah absolutely true um so
1: i had a couple here that i think i think you know you mentioned Natalie that we sort of got better at hosting and i think there's a few that we got better to topically of putting things together and finding topics that were of more interest. So I have a couple. Um, We did two on – refugees and immigrants. One was the refugee conversation with World Relief. And then one was with the Mariposa collection, or collective rather. Uh, And so I think for me, those were good examples of us working to tie national issues to local impact, which was something that we started looking more at. And we've started looking more at in general in our um, various different mediums of publication. So I thought those were really good. I also liked the one that we did on the YWCA and the Total Women's Summit, I think specifically I like that because we were combining something that was timely, an event to empower women, with something that was a hundred-year-old organization in Memphis. And they were partnered because of, you know, funding collection donation money going towards the YWCA, but also just that combination or that sort of traversing decades and years and even, you know, a 100 years. And it was just fun to hear about that event, too. It really was. All the different stuff they had going on in that event and also where the YWCA has come in the last uh, really 10 years. They've made some huge progresses and they're about to be opening up another floor of their shelter and all of these other things. It also kind of moved me to personal action because uh, this year at Christmas, you know, we all got just kind of stuff we didn't really want. And, you know, we got things in our stockings that are little fun things, but I don't want that stuff sitting in my house. And so now I know of a place I can take it. I got a lot of little toys and stuff that I'm going to take and they could give something to the kids at the shelter, um, that sort of thing. So, you know, I like the ones that kind of inspire me to do something differently too.
2: One of the things also I like about the podcast, Cole, you mentioned that it allows us to do a deeper dive, but also I feel like Sometimes we can do things on the podcast we're not going to write stories about. Like we had um, Mark Fleischer from Storyboard on talking about our partnership and about the d- digital divide issues. And that's not just not something we would necessarily, hey, we've got a partnership with Storyboard. Right. We wouldn't necessarily write an article about it, but it's still a great topic to sort of explore um, in this format. So the format allows us to, it's just a little bit different in the sense that we can do things that we would we wouldn't necessarily do an article about
1: yeah. And we've had several of those where people, especially if it's somebody that maybe we've written a couple of articles about already, like maybe we did a profile on their organization or their business, and maybe we also already did an event thing and they're coming back and they're saying, Hey, can you do this too? And at a certain point, like we can't keep co- uh, covering the same things, but the podcast offers a completely different venue, a completely different audience. Yeah. Um, and maybe we can help them that way. So it helps in my mind, to keep some of those partnerships uh, that are really important to us and our ongoing coverage, but also to not be so redundant in print.
0: And sometimes when you're telling the story through audio or through a podcast, it not that the story is different in itself, but it comes out different in this format that may be more engaging than in print or a video or something else, a little more emotion to it. And I like that y'all are willing to, to give it all of those mediums.
1: Right. Like I think the Alt the Memphis one is a good example of that. You know, you can read about homeless LGBT youth, but sitting and listening to someone tell the stories of their, you know, daily interactions with these youth in a printed story, we can only quote so much. You know, there's not gonna be that many quotes, but to hear these stories with more richness and more depth really gives a truer picture of what life's like when your family disowned you.
0: Yeah, you're right. And hearing the emotion from that person and that's one that came to mind when you were saying yeah.
1: What other thoughts do you have on our first year of podcasting?
0: I'm just really happy that I'm the one person who gets to be here for all of the podcast episodes. And um, I'm the only person who gets to see them in real life, like in person and play out. And um, it's really exciting and kind of a privilege for me to be able to be here for that.
1: Well, it's certainly a privilege for us for you to be here (laughs) and completely necessary. Um, It's fun for us, too. You know, it's nice to be – Well, I I won't speak for you, Emily, but I enjoy coming here and seeing you every week or every couple of weeks and getting to – Keep up with you personally and talk about our lives, and also talk about, you know, I've told you this before. We're a niche publication, and I'm new to the um, sort of editing side and the relationship building side with other publications. And coming here and talking to you has really been beneficial for me to learn kind of how papers work. You know, I've never worked for a daily, and just to understand, like, you know, some of their other podcasts and the topics they cover has been really helpful. Not that you're telling Daily Memphian secrets. Let me just put that (laughs) out there. Um, Just generally talking about, you know, the field. You're in the same business as I am. And it's nice to have a contact that I can talk to.
0: Thank you. I feel the same way because as y'all know, well, I think both of you know, Um, I came from a TV station before coming here. So really, this is my first... Well, I worked at the Daily News, but I wouldn't consider that a daily paper in the way that the Daily Memphian is. So we're all just kind of learning and growing together.
1: All right. So before we step away, how about a quick talk about North Memphis, Emily?
2: Yes. So hopefully... Our listeners know that um, when we embed in a neighborhood, we normally stay for three months or a little more, and during that time, we write 20, 25 articles, we produce videos, photo essays, and we've done 12 neighborhoods so far, And but we were brainstorming about what we wanted to do in 2020, and we realized that there's a lot of really interesting neighborhoods That are a little smaller and don't necessarily um, aren't big enough to embed for three months, but still have a lot of great stories to lift up. And a lot of those happen to be in North Memphis. So we decided to kind of do a double on the ground, double the time, and to focus uh, in that time on some overarching issues. Affecting that part of the city, which cold you can t- touch on in a minute, and then, but also do a deep dive into some of the smaller neighborhoods within North Memphis. We've already we had already done Klondike Smoky City. We're going to revisit that as well as uptown, but we're going to be for the first time in New Chicago, in Douglas, in Hollywood, in Hyde Park, in Vecca. In some of the other smaller residential areas in that zone, and so we're going to do deep dives in those, and then also just kind of look at the whole area of town generally. And we're just uh, super excited about that. Um, we know people in those in those organizations that are doing some great work, and look forward to sort of renewing those acquaintances and then um, revealing a lot of great activity in that part of the city that um, we think needs to have a light um, shown on it.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I'm really personally really excited about diving into some of the history of these smaller neighborhoods. Every time we go into a neighborhood, we do these kind of big lofty history pieces that really detail everything. And in this case, you know, these are smaller neighborhoods that we can do a sort of bigger general sort of history piece, but also dive into each one and what's unique about these individual neighborhoods. Because I think that we do look at North Memphis oftentimes as an amalgamation that's very homogenous. It's just North Memphis. When in reality, these neighborhoods grew up differently and they each have these individual histories that are very unique and very interesting. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I also, you mentioned the kind of sweeping issues and, you know, we won't know all of those until we get in and actually talk to residents and talk to more partners and talk again with our existing partners. But I do, we do know that there are big environmental environmental issues that cover that entire area. There are big uh, food access. The entirety of North Memphis is a food desert. Uh, at least the bounds that we're working in, there are no grocery stores. Uh, we know that education is a big one. Uh, And the sort of closing of schools, the charter school movement, that's been something that residents have been challenged with and have been um, struggling to find a better solution for. So those are some things that I know we'll be covering in, in addition to the things that residents tell us that we should cover.
2: Yeah. And it's just a really, one of the greatest parts about the work at High Ground for me is just telling stories that people don't know about. Like, I feel like and we've done a lot of coverage of Orange Mound. We were embedded there. We've got a lot of great partnerships in that neighborhood. I will say that people know um, a lot of people know about Orange Mound and how important it is as a um, one of the first African American um, developments in the country. But you know, Douglas also is at a very important local neighborhood in terms of African American history. I just don't think people know as much about it, know much about that history. And so just revealing those those that information is those little uh, nuggets. I, yes. I look forward to to lifting up those stories.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So we're gonna be um we do community newsrooms in a neighborhood and so we're gonna be Doing sort of pop up community newsrooms in um, several of the community centers in North Memphis, as well as the North Branch Library, which is in the klondex Monkey City neighborhood, and the Hollywood Library. So, hopefully, people will follow us on social media and look for those, come out and meet us. We we hope to be out in the community a lot, want to meet as many people as possible, but always. Please hit us up with story ideas about any of those neighborhoods that we mentioned, and people we need to know, uh, nonprofits that are doing interesting work, small businesses. Of course, we're always interested in great restaurants to try. We're all into the food, so let us know um, about North Memphis, what you know, and what you want to and what you want to know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So any other closing thoughts on the podcast? Happy birthday. Where do we want to go from here? Just so
2: <laughs> proud of you guys. Emily says big arms, jazz hands. <laughs> right, jazz hands, bigger um, and just more of the same and, um, and hope to grow the audience and look forward to bringing some North Memphis folks onto, yes. uh, onto the podcast very soon to share some of what they're doing to make yeah. that neighborhood better.
0: And I personally, even though it's not my place, would love to challenge the listeners to really listen to Cole or Emily, whoever's hosting at the end when they say, let us know your thoughts, share this, tell us what you want to hear, because it's so true. Y'all are both very open to suggestions and love feedback. And sometimes I think people... Are hesitant to give feedback, especially if it's negative, but I think all constructive criticism is welcome.
2: Well, we're all very focused on self improvement. I can say that for myself and for Cole as well and AJ.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna fail, fail well. And then fix it better. You learn know? something. Learn yeah. something. And we want to learn something for sure. Um, so I'll say as my closing thing, when we first started doing this podcast, I hated it. Not the podcast itself. I hated hosting and being on it. I did not want to do this. Uh, and now I really enjoy this. This is really uh, something I look forward to. And you two have been a huge part of that and making me feel more comfortable. And like this is really worthwhile. Well, Thank good you
0: for saying that. Yeah, that so it nice. is.
1: It <laughs> is. I enjoy it as well, and I officially one year in. Do not hate it anymore.
0: You are a natural now.
2: Thank you. All right. So, all right. Well, here's to here's to the High Ground Podcast. Woo! Happy, Woo. Birthday. happy birthday! Cheers! Cheers! Right. Bye.
1: Uh, so you can follow us for a whole nother year and more at our ongoing neighborhood coverage as well at HighGroundNews.com. If you like this podcast, please share it. Uh, please tag High Ground. Definitely do let us know uh, what you want to see on the next one, how we're doing, how we can improve, etc. And you can follow this podcast and others like it from The Daily Memphian on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And as always, thank you to Natalie Van Gundy, our podcast producer, for uh, not just making us sound great, but also playing Double Duty and being on today. It was my pleasure. All right. Have a great one, y'all.
0: In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.